up. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another session of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number four. I am psyched and energized. I just came back from the gym. I am trying out this new gym in my neighborhood where they have these young trainers that do group activities and they really, really push you. I am sore in places that I did not know existed. But it's a good thing, right? As you know, Exercise is one of the quickest ways to improve your mood and your energy levels, which in turn gets you inspired and motivated. Anyway, I am excited for this session because we are going to have our first ever interview on the Motivational Voice podcast. My guest is Gina Schaefer. Gina is a health and wellness expert who used to work in the corporate world, but came to the realization that She wanted to be in control of her life. She started her own company called North Forth. North as in the direction and Forth as in the number four. North Forth Wellbeing. She's been covered on local media and is working hard to build her company from the ground up. She is very active on YouTube, teaches courses online and also has a blog, The Happy Healthy Truth. In a matter of a few years since I have known her, She has tremendously grown her following. She is the type of person that can just find the energy to get so much done in a short amount of time. She is the type of person that I really would encourage you to surround yourself with. I think every one of us knows a person or two that can just get a lot of things done in a very short amount of time. Every time you see them, they're happy, full of life, and they just get things done compared to most other people out there. Now, Gina's business is focused on wellness, which may not be the type of business you are thinking about starting. However, what I want you to focus on is not so much the type of business, but the ideas and the thought processes that led her to start her own business. This episode is about getting into the right mindset because once you have that down, you will find it easier to get things done and have an advantage of a you will find it easier to get things done and move forward. I am hoping you can replicate some of the things that we will talk about in the interview to get you working on that brilliant idea that you have collecting dust on on the shelf. After listening to this episode, you will realize that those fears you have about starting your own business are not really fears. They are just big concerns that turn into fears because we let them. After the interview with Gina, I will give you some additional tips and resources that will help you make a sound, comfortable decision to at least look into your idea. All right, let's jump right into the interview with Gina Schaefer. I am welcoming today my very first guest on the show, and I'm really, really excited. I have uh, Gina Schaefer here with me. Gina is a uh, 
a food guru and a, and a fitness expert. I'm really happy to have her on the show. Today's show, as I mentioned earlier, we were going to talk about motivation, specifically around uh, starting your own business. And I know that you've been uh, you've been on your own and you have started your own business uh, for quite a while now, and you have quite a bit of experience around uh, that area. And I would like to welcome you to the show. Welcome to the Motivational Voice podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, sure. It's my pleasure. So, you know, before you started your business, what have you been doing before? Well, I started my business um, in about 2009 and for seven years before that. So in 2002 was when I started working in the health and wellness field. So I started out as a personal trainer, group exercise instructor. Um, I have a sports management degree. And um, from there, I got into corporate fitness and started managing fitness centers. And then I got more into kind of the employee wellness side of things with health assessments and just working as a vendor with human resources departments. So for me, moving into my job that I currently have now in my business, it was a pretty, um, it wasn't a big jump. It was a big jump, but it wasn't that big of a jump for me just because I was moving from one place in the same industry just to another place in the same industry. And what made you start your own business? What what was the the idea, the motivation behind? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I always had a vision, even when I was young, that I would always end up working for myself. And I didn't always know what that was, but it was just something that I always felt within me. So every time... You know, I thought of my future, like when I was 30 years old in high school, I would think I would be working for myself. And I didn't necessarily always know in what kind of way, but I always thought that. So even when I got my sports management degree and knew I was moving into the health and wellness field, I knew that someday I would work for myself. I just wasn't sure what that would look like. So it's something I've always known, and I'm not sure if that's because my dad is an entrepreneur or if that's just something bigger than me or my family, but um, I feel like I've always known that and always been kind of gunning for it. No, that, that makes complete sense. Was it a diff- difficult decision for you? After all, you, you were working in, in the corporate world and you had, uh, like most of us, a paycheck coming every week or every couple of weeks. How hard was it to make that transition from being you know, in the corporate world to starting your own business? Yeah. Um, you know what, it was, it was an easier decision for me simply because I was pretty naive to um, how difficult it would be uh, starting my own business. I, like I said, I started my business in 2009. So for three years I had worked on my side business as a wellness coach and doing some public speaking and creating my online program while I had a full-time job. So I thought, hey, I've been doing this long enough, I'm making okay money, Um, the transition will be pretty smooth. And because of that, I have this real kind of sunny vision of what it would look like, and it was much more difficult than that. I'm I'm glad I didn't know how difficult it could be making that transition because it would have been a much more um, difficult decision, I guess. But from where I was, I was kind of burned out in the corporate world, had been doing it on my own for about three years, and was ready to take that jump. So at the time, it seemed like an easy decision, but I can say it was an easy decision because I was thinking it was going to be um, much easier to strike out on my own completely. What were some of those uh, 
challenges that that you run into can you speak to those and and uh, how did you manage those yeah as an entrepreneur um for me anyways any personal issues that i might have like feelings of not being super super confident on the inside or being uncomfortable with certain areas of the business like marketing or sales or or whatever it is whatever it was for me whatever it could be for other people um those things, it, they just, they bubble up to the surface. And even if they seem like a personal issue, because you're an entrepreneur, it kind of takes over your whole life. Okay. <laughs> um, and and it becomes your life. So any personal issue you might have with communication skills or sales skills or self-worth issues or confidence issues, they affect your work every single day, which I wasn't, that was one of the things that I was not prepared for because in the corporate environment or working for another employer, I always felt almost overly confident um, mm-hmm. in my skills and just in the way I operated every day, getting up, going to work. And that just all kind of got turned around on its head when I was in charge of every penny that came in the door, um, my sales abilities, my communication abilities, all of that. So that, um, that I would say as an entrepreneur, that's probably the most difficult thing is, is these these personality issues that you have maybe outside of work tend to bubble up to the surface a little bit more when you're in charge as an entrepreneur. What was the 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 one thing that made you say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep doing this, I'm gonna stick to it, you know, no matter what. What what was that that key motivation for for you? Yeah, that is a great question because I think that's probably um, the biggest source of strength and motivation. And for me, it was really my vision of a life that I wanted. And the life that I want is a life that I don't need to necessarily retire from work or I don't, you know, have to be just dying for the weekend. I want my life to be Um, one where I really enjoy my work and I take time away from my work, but it's not something I'm dying to get away from. So for me, that was, um, that was the biggest thing was having that vision of what I wanted my life to be and to continually work towards it. Cause if I felt fearful or resistant to something I needed to land a new account or a new client, for me, it helped to envision like this life that I wanted someday and to see how this next step is going to be, really influencing that vision that I want of my life. And that just kind of gave me the little push to get over that hump of resistance. No, I completely identify with that because I launched my, my business. Actually, I launched my first business going back to, I think it was 2007. And it yeah. was just this one idea that I, that I had about trying to find an easy way for people to, to find book recommendations online without having to you know to to spend half an hour online and this was around the time where goodreads was not quite so popular yet Uh, but just you know it was it wasn't easy i mean it was finding the time finding the motivation to to keep at it was really difficult because uh, you know i have a family and i i also have a full-time job among other things Uh, i i write Mm -hmm. um uh, as as you may be aware, uh, but so I definitely definitely applaud uh, what what you're doing. And uh, what are the what are some of your the goals that you have for, for your business? 
Well, um, there are a number of different goals, but I guess right up front, I want the ability to um, to work from wherever. And when I say that, I mean I would like to have a commonplace, like someday <laughs> have an office with maybe an assistant or something, few employees. And that's part of my vision is to is to just not necessarily um, focus on the label of like, well, what does that office look like or who are you working with in terms of like, are, is it my assistant? Is it an employee? Is it 10 employees? But just to think of it in terms of um, this vision of how I want it to feel. Like I want to be able to um, work in different spaces, whether it's at home, on vacation, in a different office, because for me personally, I like variety. And to go to the same desk on the same floor in the same building for the same company over and over and over would drive me nuts. So for me, it, it's really just like having that variety and then um, and just being visually inspired. And that comes with being able to spend time maybe working on a beach in a tropical location or um, having a home in the mountains, whatever it is. Um, but being able to get that variety, but get that variety and also see things that really kind of satisfy my eyes as well. It's just like a feast for my eyes because that stuff gives me creativity. So to be able to work in a varying situation where I'm able to feel creative and be around people who are open-minded, they're driven, they're grateful, they're appreciative, they look on the bright side of things. Um, So I think that is probably a big piece of my vision. And everything gets run through that. So if I have a project coming up that it seems like a good opportunity or seems really tempting. It's like, well, will it get me to my vision? Will it get me to that space where I have freedom to work from a number of different places to work with great people? And if the answer is no, I turn it down, which is great to be in that position. But that vision kind of helps me stay focused too. What are some of the, the, the things that, that your business does? I, I am actually, on your site right now, and I have I've, I've visited several times before. I'm talking about the North Fork, you know, GinaShafer.com, uh, the Happy Healthy Truth, uh, rather, which is one of your, um, you know, your your signature programs. Uh, talk to me a bit about that program. About um, the Happy Healthy Truth. Yeah. Yeah. So the Happy Healthy Truth is where I store my personal blog and really my my um, free resources about health and wellness from my point of view. Um, Because health and wellness is so expansive and there's so much research proving one way or another, I just like to kind of put my stake in the sand there and just say this is how I operate. This is, you know, what I feel is right in health and wellness. And what that does is it gives people plenty of free resources. So if they don't want to spend the money to work with me yet or if they don't have the money to work with me, um, they can still get free information where they can still improve their life and get happier and healthier. And then within the Happy Healthy Truth, I have um, my Life's Easier with Meditation program and my Food Intuition program. So those are two programs um, that I have online. And it's meditation. One of them is about meditation. And one of them is about food and making better food choices and actually making food an easy part of your life. And it may seem like... Meditation and food are two kind of completely separate things, but the way I go about it after being in this industry for, I don't know, over 13 years now, Mm -hmm. it's not about having a specific diet, and it's not about 
working out in a certain way at a certain time of day, being at a certain heart rate. What's really most impactful is that you move your body, you eat nutritious foods, mm-hmm. and then even more than those two are the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that you have about the practices and the habits or the actions that you want to take to become happier and healthier. So that's why I really focus on meditation and I really focus on food. And within those two, you'll find exercise and stress relief and all of that stuff. Um, but I would say those are my two biggest, my two biggest niches that I do with the Happy Healthy Truth. Yeah, and I think there is a there is a connection between what we eat, what we do in terms of physical activity that actually can, and I think a lot of people sometimes neglect that, where physical activity can can help kind of boost your morale and give you a little, you know, that little kick that you need to keep doing what you're doing and stay motivated. Mm-hmm. Can, can you speak uh, a little bit to how how that happens or, or give suggestions to how you can use exercise and, and, and food and even meditation and yoga? Uh, I'm not a, a, a huge fan of yoga. You know, I've taken some courses here and there, but there is something to be said about meditation and, and putting your mind at peace and which what prayer does if you think about it mm-hmm. that, that oh, can sure. really help yep. yeah so if you could talk to that what suggestions or tips do you have for for people listening right now that may want to try it yeah so whether you want to try more exercise or maybe you are someone who wants to dabble in meditation or yoga or or change your eating habits the number one thing you can do is to be mindful. So I kind of have the, these these two tips that I use, and you can apply to almost any area of health and wellness, is to think, how can I be healthier? And that just means ditch healthy. Healthy kind of gives us this thought of, like, all or nothing. You know, if I, if I have one thing that's unhealthy, I've just ruined the whole week or the whole day, so whatever, it doesn't matter. So to always be thinking, how can I make this healthier? So even if you are going to happy hour, could you make it healthier? Could you get a walk that day? Could you choose water instead of alcohol? If that's completely boring, could you choose a salad instead of wings? Whatever it is, but always think, like, how can I make this a little bit healthier? Um, and that goes with your mind, too. I mean, if you're having all kinds of negative thoughts about, you know, trying to eat more fruits and vegetables or, or trying to get to the gym for your workout, that can be improved as well. So how can you see these things as a little bit more positive benefits in your life as opposed to like a punishment because you need to start working out because you don't like the way you look. Um, And that really brings me to number two, how I apply it is be mindful how these things affect you. So how these things affect you immediately when you're done, how they affect you in two hours, how they affect you in a day or two days, because just that mindfulness piece is going to give you a ton of motivation to keep up those healthy habits. So when I say that, I mean, if you think, you know, oh, should I hit snooze or go work out? It seems kind of like a a real hard decision. There can be a ton of resistance to getting to the gym and doing your workout or strapping on your walking shoes and going for a walk outside. But if you instead become mindful and see how that walk or that workout is going to affect you right after it, maybe even during it for the rest of the day, the healthy decision starts to be the decision where you're like, yeah, because when I work out, 
I feel more confident. I feel more energized. I feel less stressed. I'm just in a better mood. And it seems like everyone else is in a better mood if I'm in a better mood. And that affects my whole day, my productivity, my relationships, my waistline, all of it. Where if you were to hit snooze and hit snooze because it feels good in the moment, you're going to miss out on that confidence and that energy and that stress relief for the entire day. So it's just to aim to be healthier, to take little steps in the right direction of your goal, and then just be real mindful about how these little little steps make you feel and how they benefit your life. Because that's a big barrier, too, is people often think about, like, I just have to exercise. So they turn their back on everything in their life, and they focus on, you know, what gym am I going to go to? Am I going to hire a trainer? What boot camp class am I going to go to? And they start doing those exercises and everything else in their life kind of starts to pull them off track yeah. because their life isn't set up for exercise. But if they can step back, set up their whole life, see the benefits of exercise and how it affects everything in their life, they're more likely to take that step. No, that makes complete sense. I, I was uh, between gyms not long ago trying out different gyms because I had to, I changed jobs and had to find a different gym. And I decided yeah. to take the opportunity to just kind of try different gyms and try lifetime fitness and, and anytime fitness and, uh, you know, lesser known gyms. And then one of the gyms that that I tried was, uh, I think it's called uh, Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. where yeah. and And the first time I went there, it was a, they do group classes and and they have these personal trainers that train everyone at the same time and uh-huh. they 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 kicked my butt <laughs> you know they 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 i mean they were hard on me but i haven't felt that good you know that day you know in a long time just getting that feeling of being motivated and just having that extra energy i get home and i take a shower and i'm very very productive i'm very positive and my motivation is through the roof, and so that I definitely can identify with. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that completely makes sense, and I think people need to to keep that in mind. But it always comes down to, as you mentioned, you have to find that right balance between, you know, you don't want to spend three hours in the gym every day when you have right. responsibilities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, so I think mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely is a very very good advice that you're giving there. Now, what would you say to to people out there who who want to take that that first step in and just maybe start start a business or or even make that uh, that decision that big decision to change their lives and and take that step, but they just lack the, the motivation or have a certain fear of of crossing that line. What what is the one thing or a couple of things you would tell them to consider? Yeah, whether whether you're fearful of taking the step of, you know, quitting your full-time job and, and you know, taking the leap into entrepreneurship or if it's something like just, like you said, trying out a new exercise place. I mean, even though you're a fit, outgoing guy, Umar, I'm sure it was a <laughs> little bit daunting. Maybe there was a little pang of fear as you were driving up to Orange Theory and walking inside, it's kind of like you don't know what to expect. Yeah. It's that fear of the unknown. Yeah. And for me, when I feel fearful, and this is how I coach my clients too, I just tell them to focus on just the next step. So it's really easy to kind of get worried and fearful when we think of all the things that could go wrong in the big picture. 
And it's great to think of the big picture and take action to avoid some of these pitfalls that can cause fear. But a lot of times we can't do anything about it right now. So it's just to focus on the next step. Just what's your next step? And if your next step evokes a little fear within you, think about, well, could you make that step a little bit smaller? And if you can't make it smaller, um, maybe it's just all you got to do is just do it. And for me, if, the, if there's something out there that I'm fearful of and I'm really dreading doing it, mm. I think of how I'm going to feel after I do it. And I just focus on that. Oh, I can't wait till it's done because when it's done, I'm going to feel so appreciated, grateful, strong, confident, whatever. And I just focus on that. So a trigger for me is like feeling that fear, being like, what am I fearful about? What can I do about it? Mm. I'm just going to take the next step. And if I'm fearful about that, it's really, how am I going to feel when I'm done with it? Because here's the thing is like, fear is just, you're out of your comfort zone. And the more often you do something out of your comfort zone, your comfort zone gets a little bit bigger. So the more you do something that you're afraid of, and we all have this, like the first time we started our, you know, the first big job we had out of college, there were some things that we did at that job that was, that was maybe kind of scary. And after six months or a year at the job, it's like, oh, whatever. It's not a big deal. I can do it in my sleep. So we eventually get used to these things. So I think for being that, um, feeling that fear is just kind of putting it into perspective, focusing on the next thing you have to do, focusing on how good you're going to feel when you get it done. Yeah. What What have you done and have you seen and you you wish that you could go back and do all of her? Oh, good question. Um I would focus more on what I feel to be the right path or the right move for me and not be so obsessed with getting the right advice or seeking out the right information to do something, to quit my job and go go out on my own, to launch a product, to mm. reach out to a certain type of a client. Um, for me, something that I really, I still have to be mindful of today is it's real easy for me to get caught up in the, well, I'm going to research how to do this a little bit more before I do it. And for me, when I, when I, there is a balance that I have to strike there. Sometimes you do have to do that research, but notice when that research is starting to feed into you playing small, feed into you being fearful of taking that next step where you really have to grow and expand and where you really have to play big. And that, that would be the number one piece of advice because I still have to give it to myself today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Where can people go as far as if they wanted to check out your, your program or your website? Where can they go? Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Sure. Um, you can go to happyhealthytruth.com. And that's where I have um, my personal blog for health and wellness. And then I'm just launching a new company called North, as in the direction, North Force, North-Force. Dot com, And that is um, a new company that I'm just starting, like brand new this month. We're launching it. And that is helping um, small employers get more realistic, more small employer-friendly, smaller budget-friendly uh, health and wellness programs to their employees. Great. I'll, I'll make sure to put those in the show notes uh, uh, for the episode so people can get it. And, and, uh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much, Gina. This was great. Uh, Thanks for coming and being my first guest, somewhat of a, of a guinea pig. I, I, I hope the listeners <laughs> like it. 
Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was my pleasure. That was my interview with Gina Schaefer, a health and wellness subject matter expert. I hope you had some good takeaways from our conversation and will start thinking about the things that are holding you back from getting that, that business going, putting that idea into practice and turning it into reality. If you are still on the fence about starting your own business and your justifications about why you should not start sound more like excuses, so things like, the timing is not right, I am too busy, I don't have the money, ask yourself this question. Will there ever be a right time? If life is getting in the way, there may never be a right time. Seldom will you find that life is simple. Getting a job, moving to another state, getting married, having a child, a death in the family, a large expense, and so on and so forth. These are just part of the ups and downs of life. The perfect time, quote-unquote, is an illusion. There will always be something. Always. At some point, you just have to pick a time and take the first step. But ultimately, we all move at our own pace. You can't force people to move at a pace different than what they're comfortable doing. Some of us move fast, some of us move slowly, some of us take time to analyze the facts and, and think about it, start and stop. But the idea is that once you get started, take small steps to get to where you want to be to get that business going. But if you need peace of mind, if you truly need peace of mind, here are some things that you can try to reassure you. Tip number one. Start by creating a business plan. Creating a business plan will allow you to do an in-depth analysis of your business idea. A business plan is just a number of questions you ask yourself about your business idea. What a plan does well is that it forces you to dissect the viability of your idea by analyzing the possibility to market your idea, who the audience will be, how much money it will cost, what the competition looks like, and what profits could be for you. After going through this exercise, you should have a pretty good idea on whether your business venture will work. Armed with this knowledge, you should be able to make a decision based on logical reasoning rather than fear or emotions. You can get a free business plan template pretty much anywhere online nowadays, but you can go to the sba.gov, that's sba.gov website, the Small Business Administration website. You can also research business names in the United States by going to the Securities and Exchange Commission's website. I will also add some additional business plan resources and templates from the United States, the United Kingdom, and Australia. I will have these links on my website in the show notes. If you want to access them, you can go to umarjang.com forward slash session four. Tip number two, attend a local small business meeting. Attending a small business meeting will give you an insight into what it truly takes to run a business. In my area, there are various groups that meet and I found some of them actually on meetup.com. They meet and these are professionals, people who are really doing the business. You can sit down with them and get an idea of the challenges that they have, 
the opportunities that they have and what worked and what did not work for them. And they generally welcome people to come in and learn more about what they do. You can also do a search online to find groups. As I mentioned, meetup.com is a good site. You can also just do a search on linkedin.com. Again, I will have all these links in the show notes for this episode. Tip number three, be around like-minded people. If you are alone and unsupported in your ideas, it will be a lot more difficult and take up a lot more time, energy, and motivation to go through with it. It's a lot easier when you have the support of someone who is going through the same process or who has done the same things or at least is thinking about starting a business. It makes it a lot easier for you to do that. But whatever you do, avoid being around people that think that nothing is ever going to work. Negative people. If you have a friend that's just very negative, every time you come up with a great idea and you you share it with them to tell them that you want to start this business, they tell you that it's not going to work. They tell you things like, well, 90% of businesses fail in the first three years of starting. Well, yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your business is going to fail. What you're really looking for is someone who will support you in the idea and help you do the homework and go through the the steps to get the right information so you know where you stand. If you are around negative people in your life, you have to deal with them first, otherwise they'll drag you down and you will not be motivated to do any of these things. In session three of the Motivational Voice podcast, I talk about how to deal with negative people. So make sure to listen to that episode. That's uh, session three. If you go back to, to the archives of the podcast, you should be able to find that episode. So the bottom line is be around people who have the same interests as you or the entrepreneurs. Tip number four, our final tip, don't quit your day job. One of the biggest excuses people give for not starting a business, even if they have a great idea, is that they are afraid that it won't work. But think about it for a second. What are they really afraid of? They're afraid of running out of money, which means that They probably quit their job to do the business, or they think they have to quit their jobs. And if they run out of money, they'll end up on the streets, which is way too risky for anyone. But here's the thing. Who says you have to quit your job to start your own business? You don't have to. In fact, you should hold on to your job, keep working until you get to a point in your life that you can comfortably replace your income over a certain number of years, then you can reevaluate your situation. Having a day job gives you a safety net so that if things don't work out for your business venture, you could just fall back on your job. No harm, no foul. So don't quit your day job, whatever you do. Okay, so let's summarize what we talked about. If you have concerns about starting a business, here are things that you can do to reassure yourself to keep those fears at bay. Tip number one, create a business plan. Tip number two, Attend a local small business meeting. Tip number three, be around like-minded people. And finally, tip number four, keep your day job. All right, it is now time for the quote of the day. Here is the quote of the day. 
Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. I'll repeat it. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. This is a quote by Les Brown. This quote really resonates with me. It just does. And here's why. You don't ever want to look back at your life and regret missing out on an opportunity simply because you were fearful of the unknown. I'm going to say this again. You don't ever want to look back at your life and regret missing out on an opportunity simply because you were fearful of the unknown. When Les Brown says that we are living our fears, what he really means is that we tend to get too comfortable with what we know. Change is not hard. It really isn't. What is difficult is taking that very first step, making a commitment to do that very first thing, whatever that may be. For example, if your dream is to start a food truck, that very first step may be to register a business name. And yes, that means you have to go online, fill out a form and pay 30 bucks or less, depending on where you live. But many of us, instead of doing that, will start to come up with excuses. They may even be very good excuses, I grant you that. I don't have time. I don't have the money. What if it doesn't work? Guess what? What happens when you start to second-guess yourself? Those excuses, no matter how good they are, evolve into fears. Yes, excuses can turn into fears. So, sometimes our worst enemies, our biggest obstacle, is the way we think about our abilities to execute on something. If you think you can do something, know that you can and believe that you can and you will be able to do it. If you fail, you will realize that you actually learned something very valuable or you may have achieved 70% of what you set out to do. And 70% is still better than 0%. So, instead of leaving our dreams, we are now leaving our fears when we focus on those excuses. That is my interpretation of the quote of the day by Les Brown. If you have a different interpretation, or think otherwise, I would like to hear from you. Leave a comment at umarjang.com forward slash session 4. Do me a favor. Go on iTunes and rate the show. This will help the show rank on iTunes so people can find it and benefit from the content of it. I am grateful for you downloading and listening to the show, and I encourage you to share the show. You can listen to the show directly from my website if you want or directly from iTunes. That wraps up our session for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for listening. Please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.